I got love for you, man. You know what, I'm <laughs> what are we talking about? You know, I'm not here to start any trouble. I'm only going to say nice things about you from now on. I think you're handsome, and I think you're a wonderful host. I'm fat and I'm overweight. Just don't say anything silly. I was waiting for you to say that. I'm not laughing about it. You think this is funny? I take this serious. You know, I don't want y'all to take anything that out of context that I'm saying. He's very funny. He likes to joke around a lot. As a personality and as an entertainer, yes. This is going to be really quick. I'm not taking any questions. Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit. You're listening to Cabby Presents, the podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome, welcome. Welcome, 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 welcome to the show. I'm your host, Cabby Richards, and I have a special conversation in store for you. As the summer is upon us, it's music festival season. Thousands and thousands of people descend on large open spaces in the hot sun and get lifted for entire days listening to bands, artists, and massive DJs. And by lifted, I don't mean physically into the air. I mean to a heightened sense of awareness. Uh, You know, you got... um, South by Southwest and Ultra have already happened, but music fans have Bonnaroo, Coachella, Made in America, Electric Daisy um, Carnival, Summerfest, Mayhem Fest, Lollapalooza. There are tons to look forward to this summer. And today, I speak with a DJ that's played at Ultra in Miami with the heavyweight global DJs Diplo, Calvin Harris, Bauer, to name a few. His stories are next. He joins me in the studio right now. If it's going to be an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers. First time I met this man, he flew into Toronto from Ottawa to DJ a random Tuesday night party at a spot called Atelier, which for a solid two-year period, which is like a whole lifetime in the nightclub business, had the dopest Tuesday night in Toronto. And the dude killed it. So much so that I had to thank him for his hip-hop set twice. Also, I probably annoyed him many more times just by going up to the DJ booth because I'm sure like as a sweaty rhino with fire-hot, nasty breath, it was like like... Melt, like singeing you know the the hairs on his face and then I was probably spitting on the vinyl and his uh, and his and his MacBook I'm sure I was just a, a hot mess but I thanked him for his craftsmanship and his talent on the tables from then on I heard him uh, I'd hear him spin at other hot spots in the city and then he just disappeared he's on the road for weeks and weeks at a time and before he was on Twitter I just like I don't know where this dude is And then recently when I read on Twitter that he returned from Miami and the Ultra Music Festival, I was like, I got to get him in just to tell stories because I heard that week or two weeks is insane. It's like the movie The Hangover, but for two full weeks. I'm pleased to be joined by one of the country's most talented DJs, DJ T-Rex. How are you, sir? What up, man? Good um, to be here, man. I'm finally here. It's, yes, it's been it's, it's been awesome. I've been bugging you for months. And you had I, me cracking up with that uh, intro, man. I was trying to keep it in. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true though, and, and like, and I'm gonna get into uh, and get and get into how like annoying people are when they, because oh, I'm sure there are like their pet peeves that all DJs have, and to us as the public, we're so out of our minds and just, and we're so uh, we're so self-absorbed that okay, we'll get to that. Yeah, we're yeah. so self-absorbed that. 
what we want is more important than the job that you have to do, which is spinning for several hundred people or thousands in a venue. We just want to hear some friggin' song and we're bugging you and blah, blah, blah. But we'll get to that. On Twitter, it's at Tom Rex. Um, now, you're a, you're a native of, of Ottawa, yeah? Yeah, I grew up in Ottawa um, for more, like most of my high school life, I guess. Did you go to Glebe? Nah, I went to St. Patrick's High School. So was that a Catholic school? Yeah, it was a it was a Catholic school. So we had like we were known for like the best basketball team and all that. Really? Yeah. What what were the civvies days like? Was that like a legit fashion show? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I, I, I used to I used to, to a couple of my friends that went to like uh, neighboring Catholic schools. Yeah. When when I went to high school, we would like they would like they we would borrow clothes like they would swap out clothes because the civvies days like you had to go with a new outfit. Yeah. Maybe new kicks. It was such a big deal. It was. What it was like what the last Friday of every month or something. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Everyone would go to the store the the day before and get the freshest gear. <laughs> and you gotta look super good. The girls would always dress up. Oh. Of them, a lot of them would get kicked out because their like skirts were too short or something. It was a Catholic school, so it was it was funny. It was like the last Friday was always like you could see different person people's personalities because you know the rest of the month everyone's dressed the same. So I wonder what the uh, like was it ever like a uh, like a not a letdown, but like you're going to school with girls in like kilts yeah and so like that's already hot like it's hot it's harder to get hotter than that because of the whole uh mythology and and fantasy of women in catholic schoolgirl uh skirts yeah so what like was civvy's day at all like a letdown for some of the like some of the baddest girls at school i guess so i never looked at it that way well, <laughs> listen i'm a i'm a perv so i <laughs> i look at things from a different angle I, we have different lenses because i'm a creep and you're a, a pretty good guy a decent guy so i think we all got a creep on the inside somewhere oh, yeah. dude, well mine's on the outside <laughs> I, I wear that like a freaking uniform uh so okay so you grew up in ottawa do you remember what the 2007 Stanley Cup run was like in your city. Oh, I was I was here by then. Like you're in Toronto. I, yeah, I, I've been here for like a while now. I think I've been here for like nine years or something. So you so you weren't you weren't in the city as you guys dusted. I think it was Pittsburgh, and then it was New Jersey, no. and then it was Buffalo, and then you know you guys got beat by Anaheim. But you weren't in that city to to feel that hysteria nah, and energy. I wasn't there. I missed it all. But I mean, like my Facebook. Facebook was blowing up and all my friends were just like bleeding red in senators and it was it was nuts but um yeah I, I was just there uh the weekend that just passed uh, this weekend and uh they they won that that crazy that crazy game where everyone was fighting Oh it gets um, much yeah, yeah 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 so I ended up going out and uh we went to Sens Mile which in Ottawa is like Elgin Street which is like You guys have Sens Mile? It's called Sens Mile. Really? Yeah. You guys bit that from Calgary. <laughs> Calgary Calgary had the Red Mile in, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, when 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 they had their uh Stanley Cup run in 2004, 17th Ave which is like the main street in Calgary was known as the Red Mile. And then they had that website. I don't know if you remember, but I think it was called flamesgirl flamesgirls.com. And that's when girls were just pulling up their shirts. Damn. Like dudes are doing the show your show your <laughs> uh, chance. And then girls are just it was like spring break in May and girls are just showing all their business. Damn. Did, <laughs> Why didn't Calgary get into the uh, playoffs? I know, so, right? Yeah. Was there any of that behavior going on last weekend when you're in Ottawa? Uh n- n- no 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 boobs, no no 
disappointing. But uh, there was Your there was actually just, fighting though. Like, you mean, like in the street? Yeah, just people were so hyped from all the fighting, and there's a lot of there's a lot of Habs fans in Ottawa because Ottawa's just like this kind of melting pot of Maple Leaf fans and and uh, Canadians fans and Senators fans and whatever other fans that could be around Ottawa. Um, so I mean, I don't know. It's just like a melting pot. So I think like some Habs fans and some Senators fans just wanted to to take it to the streets, and there was fights in the streets. I was watching. I was having my beer and watching the fights. It was kind of <laughs> it's kind of cool. I'm not gonna lie. I don't like getting like seeing people get hurt, but it was it was kind of cool. I'm in <laughs> the studio. Senator guys won. So <laughs> oh nice. <laughs> I'm sure uh, uh, like a roar erupted from people watching. Like, yeah! yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm in <laughs> studio with Tom Rex, DJ uh, T Rex on Twitter. It's at Tom Rex. A T O M W R E C K S. Um, now, when when you do see fights, yeah. Um, okay, I'll, just, I'll get to this with them real quick. I just read a story about the uh, these brothers in Brooklyn. Okay. And they, there was a domestic dispute that these guys are in their fifties. Okay. Apparently, one guy pushed the mom. So then the dude is like, "Don't push mom." He grabbed a butter knife. Okay. Yeah. The other brother grabbed a samurai sword. So then it was on. So like, I don't know who won, and the report didn't say like who got stabbed or how many times that person got stabbed. Jeez. But being in D in clubs, and you've you've DJed all across our country, and I know you've been over, you've been in Asia, and you've been in the United States. What is from your memory? What is what is the fight that comes to mind that you've seen in a club while you were working? Damn. There's so many. <laughs> um, since we're we're on the topic of Ottawa, Ottawa was a, pr- a pretty good one. There was a there's a pretty good fight in Ottawa. Uh, it, maybe just because the music that was playing, it was that. Um, uh, you ever you remember that track Bone Crusher? I ain't never scared. Yeah, yeah. I ain't never scared. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. came on in the club, and then just like four guys. I don't, I don't even. I don't even know how they got in it, but just just start fighting to the music, and everyone's telling me turn the music off, turn the music. I'm like, nah, this is incredible, you know? They're like, <laughs> they're fighting to the song. This is a fight song. This is what's supposed to happen. But uh, so yeah. wait, wait, the four guys are fighting themselves, or just fighting re- other people? No, in the- themselves, themselves. But I don't even know how they got into it. There was no altercations before or anything. It was just the music that got them so hyped. So I think it just, yeah. It so was- so like, how <laughs> how how bad did it get? Like, were were things starting to be thrown? in the club or were bottles starting to be broken over people's faces yeah yeah things started getting really rowdy and people started throwing things but i mean did you, what happened i to had you? to turn the music down and just kind of lay low in the cut and just <laughs> wait for everything to kind of you know did you crouch behind your tables did you? <laughs> <laughs> so you actually yeah. like this thing's going down it's yeah. like so so like your fingers on the fader it's coming down yeah. as as your altitude is <laughs> like you're crouching like it's austin powers yeah walking behind the freaking couch going down the escalator. yeah i totally did the escalator move yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I walked downstairs yeah how long ago was that fight uh I don't know, oh i pre- guess it, well, that it song came quick, out like oh four oh three or oh four yeah it was later though it was after that though i was i was like a throwback track that i put on or something yeah i don't know i don't and and there's like there's probably like other fights that go down. Half the time I don't even know about it, and then people tell me like, "Wow, you see that crazy fight?" I'm like, "No, nah, I was too in the zone, like playing records, and I don't even know what, what happened, you know." But I'm sure there's been some crazy thing 
things go down that I didn't even know of. Now you just mentioned you saw a fight in Ottawa last weekend. When you see fights, are you that are you ever the guy to go step in like guys, I don't know, break it up, break it up? Or do you do you like uh, remain as a spectator and just see how far things go? No, I, yeah, I think I'm a spectator. <laughs> I, I, so I'm more, am I actually. I don't. I don't want to get involved. <laughs> I'm usually like someone should stop this, <laughs> and I look at everyone else to be that guy. But I'm just kind of like I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna chill out, dude. I'm totally a spectator, and yeah. I know that's I know that's like it's kind of gutless, but yeah. I just like to watch. I don't know. It's bad that I'm I'm admitting, but I, I just I'll be honest. I like to why I'm a spectator and I like to see what happens. I mean, if it gets really bad, like if it's like seven dudes on one dude, yeah, then I'll. Yeah, if it becomes a team sport, then yeah. Yeah, then, then, I, <laughs> then I'll think about jumping in, but I'll probably just watch like yeah. a coward. Yeah. So um, when stay you stay outside of the octagon, just yeah, it's just be- it's just better out there. Um, okay, so like to use a, a sports analogy, when uh, when athletes are in the gym, yeah, and they're practicing, or they're they're lifting weights, or you know they're 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 running, or, or they're you know going through a series of drills. What is the equivalent for you as a DJ? Like, is there such thing as practice for you? Because it, like every you know, three or four times a week, or maybe it's once a week. You are playing gigs, so you're performing. You're on your stage. That's your that's your moment. But in your downtime, like, what is the equivalent of practice for you guys? That's a really good question. That's a really good question because um, I think it's been changing over the the last little while with like technology and stuff. I feel like DJs are becoming a little lazy. But like me growing up, we would practice like I don't know, like. 48 hours a day like skip school to practice sorry mom and like <laughs> and like yeah we would just practice scratching just the same over the same beat for forever and ever and ever and it'd just be yeah just practicing scratching mixing recording like mixtapes in your bedroom just really practicing um your art before you even you know stepped on stage whereas now like you could you could buy some technology from Best Buy and then tomorrow you could be on stage kind of like pushing buttons and stuff, you know what I mean? Even though it, it takes away from the, the whole essence of two turntables and a mixer and all that, but that's that's kind of like the reality of it now. So um, I encourage people to actually practice at home and practice their scratching and practice their craft because like a lot of people nowadays, I don't think they're doing it as much as they used to do it. Like. I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm sounding old or something. No, but, no, no. But you you just come but, from a different era. Yeah, I mean, you I, started in a different era. Yeah, I think I think yeah, I think both me and you, Cabby, are like from the era of like we went from analog and digital. Like we know where it came from and where it's at now. Whereas like a lot of like the new generations don't even know what the hell tapes are and what the hell the turntable is or real vinyl and all that. So yeah, but I mean the equivalent is yeah just just really practice on your craft and really love it you know you you got to really love it and and yeah just put in hours and work into practicing so that when you go up on stage you're, you you can blow s- someone's mind instead of just being like a mediocre guy up there pushing buttons and with a laptop you know like there's a lot of guys out there with laptops now and half the time it's like yo is he djing or is he checking his email you know <laughs> so you know so sometimes it's like that but i mean mind you like canada has some of the best djs in the world and some of the best technically like incredible djs so okay so okay so 
you you mentioned how the technology has changed. Yes, we grew up in an analog era because I remember making mixtapes yeah. off the radio and like I'd have to have my my finger one on the play button, one on the record button and wait for the friggin' DJ to shut up <laughs> like he's talking about, you know, some uh, meatless tidbit of information and the track has started I'm like I just want to get Getaway by Bobby Brown I just want to get the first <laughs> so he's talking all the way beginning and then the beat comes in and you're like oh my gosh like I want the lead up to the song and that's the era I came from and then later you know you get you know if you if you, you could afford it you had the the CD player and the mixtape combo yeah. either on a, on a on a on a stereo or you had like a you know a box and you can just take it from the CD but you know, making mixtapes for for mostly I used to do it for girls. Like I have like my slow jams. Slow get, it used to be called Cabs Wicked Slow Jams, Volume One through Five. I Damn, went up to five. You got to go through those shoe boxes and see what you can I find. Have, I have one shoe box oh, left. Yeah? Do you have any cassettes left? Yeah, I got a couple. Like, yeah, yeah. like literally two or you have a couple boxes of I got a couple boxes. Yeah, I went back to my parents this weekend and I I started digging through like some nostalgia. What do you but, What did you find in there? Ah, uh, just old mixtapes, just really bad. Like the ones that you made or the ones that you used to buy? No, ones I made. I would, like, make the the the, the tape covers in, like, Microsoft Word or something. <laughs> using, really? like, clip art and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, so what What era are we talking? Like, what years? Like, you're talking, like, 95, 98? Uh, it was probably, like, yeah, yeah. It was, like, yeah, like, late 90s, maybe. Late, late 90s. 90s. It was, like, the bad boy era. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, yeah. It was, like, that era. I need a girl part two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, oh, even like, before that, yeah. So like, like like total. Remember total? Yeah, like total. Like when Puffy came out with that album. Yeah. Um, what the yeah. totals album or like the we invented the rem or no um the the greatest the hits collection? Yeah. Volume one. Oh, you talk about like with like bad boy for Puffy life and the family and all that. Yeah, and, and like Mace, like bad 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 yeah. bad boy. <laughs> yes, bad, yeah. All that. Yeah, taking hits from the eighties and making them sound so crazy. Yeah, That's that, right. That whole era. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I remember I, I had that I had that on I had that on CD, uh, not on tape. And I, I when I went my first year in Ryerson, we had a, a picnic and we'd go down to the Toronto Island. And I remember just buying that CD and I would only play that song on repeat on my friggin' oh, yeah. my Walkman, my Your Discman. Disc man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I'd pass it around to the dude so they could get 15 minutes of listening to the same friggin' song so we can memorize the lyrics before there was. Before there was Google, and before you could find the lyrics, you had to memorize the lyrics, yeah. as opposed to just reading them off a screen. Um, okay, but what what else was on those mixtapes that you found at your parents' house? Oh man, just like old Jay Z, old old. Did like, you ever make okay, T Rex? Did you ever make mixtapes for other people? Like, I did I had I had like a whole hustle at one point in high school where I would actually like, um, I figured out that MP3s were coming in, and I was able to like somehow get my stereo to hook up to the back of my computer and it was like remember it was like real time player yes that, yes that, real that, player real player yeah. yeah so you just have to like hope that mom doesn't get on the uh, the, the phone so she doesn't screw up the internet connection <laughs> and then i would record these songs that haven't been out yet from the computer onto onto these cassette tapes mind you they would sound horrible the quality was terrible but people didn't have this music so they would buy it buy these mixtapes from me and how I, much did you sell them for i think like five to <laughs> five five to to people i like ten to people i didn't know <laughs> and free for the girls so that, of course yeah, yes so build the fan base exactly so now, that's how it all started actually it's kind of weird yeah were you t-rex right from the beginning 
Or um, did you have another DJ handle back then? No, it was T Rex. Yeah, um, my uh, my friend uh, DJ Drastic. Um, he was like, you need a DJ name because I was gonna enter a DJ competition, and he was like, in Ottawa. Yeah, and he's like, you're Tom, and you wrecked it up. You're T Rex. Nice. I'm like, cool. So back then, <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. But then as time went on, people were like, yo, yeah, T-Rex, like the dinosaur, right? I'm like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> it's spelled differently. So now I just, yeah, now as as the evolution went on, it just became Tom Rex and yeah. So do you do you remember like any of the titles of these old, uh, like did you, did you have titles for your mixtapes? Like mine were stupidly Cabs Wicked Slow Jams or Cabs Hip Hop Volume 1 through 6. Yeah. Oh man, I I forget the name of it, but it was it was yeah it was some mine was something corny like T Rex's top hits <laughs> Vo- volume one through like ten or something you know <laughs> something something generic. There's no uh, not a big creative uh, a thought behind those names back then. I don't think. Did you ever get in trouble for selling uh, mixtapes? No, I didn't. So it was didn't. okay. Oh, good. Yeah, it was good. all right. Yeah. So you, your commerce was able to exist at, through the halls of St. Patrick's Catholic School. Yeah, exactly. In Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Yeah. Nice. Um. Now, okay. Let me get to this. Okay. So you're. So you've um, DJed in. Uh, what's the most exotic place that you've DJed? Hmm. I don't know. Miami was pretty exotic, but it was. It, was, it felt like spring break, like you mentioned before. Um. Like, have you, have you, I know you've traveled overseas, but have you played in clubs overseas? Yeah. Um, I'd say, I don't know, Hong Kong was pretty Dude, cool. Dude, that's very exotic, man. Well, you, yeah. I, you can't start at Miami. You gotta, like, <laughs> if you travel across an ocean, that yeah. by very definition is exotic. I think Hong Kong was cool. Yeah, uh, Hong Kong probably. It was just kind of more of a culture shock and everything. So, yeah, Hong Kong. Okay, so when you're, okay, well, what, what is, how does Hong Kong different from the env- environment that you're used to here, uh, either in Toronto or in different parts of Canada. Hmm. Like what? Or like what is the crowd? How does the crowd respond to you? Yeah, I don't, I, it all depends on different cities. I find more than countries. I find. I mean, like, I don't know. It's it's. I, I'd say like they were just really responsive. They know like that we traveled all the way from Canada, so it's like people come and just show a lot of love and. And yeah, just like overwhelming amount of just hospitality and uh, and just like yeah, the crowd the crowd's really into it for sure. So okay, okay, you mentioned there's more of a difference between cities. What what's the difference between uh, if we'll keep it Canadian, like uh, yeah. playing in a spot in Vancouver, okay, versus playing in a spot in let's go the other way. Uh, have you have you played in like Nova Scotia or yeah. Newfoundland? You yeah, play, you played all across our country, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. We went yeah. all the big cities across our country. Yeah. So give me Vancouver versus Halifax. Oh, that's a good one. I'm gonna get you're gonna get me in trouble for no, all no, this. I, <laughs> you, just be real. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. those so, cities but, know their own identity, and people from other cities know about the other cities. Yeah, I, I guess like Halifax is just more appreciative. I guess they're just not as spoiled as like Vancouver and Toronto is when it comes to shows, right? So they're just really live and just get really into it and you know you know how they are on the east coast they they like to party and they 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 get down those do, they like they go hard yeah they go they like go they, hard. They, the east coast goes hard yeah it's because they're closer to ireland or something <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> 
and they make their own beer. They got that Keith. So yeah, I think they just go. They go really hard. Whereas Vancouver's a little bit more mellow. You know, like they're they're. I don't know. Like they they get into it, but they're also looking at their watch because they got like a hike at six a.m. or something. You know, <laughs> they got to do the grouse grind at yeah. six thirty. So they're like, yeah, we can't see out too late. Yeah, no. It, I mean, Vancouver's hype too, but yeah, it, it goes both ways. I, I feel like Vancouver's got that kind of laid back, more like hippie vibe kind of like. So do you alter your music as a result? Not not your music, but the the, the way or, the, sorry, your playlist when you go to Vancouver? Sometimes, yeah. I, actually, uh, like the West Coast kind of gets into different music than like the East Coast would. I mean, I guess because they're on the West Coast, so they get they, they grew up, I guess, being influenced a little bit more from like California and everything below them and i guess people on the east coast got more influenced by like the new york stuff and i think i think now it doesn't happen as much but i think like a couple of years ago like if you listen to the hip-hop they they enjoyed more as opposed to the hip-hop we enjoy on this side it was a little different so you'd, you'd kind of like throw in a little bit more west coast into your set and stuff like that so okay for so for people listening that aren't aren't familiar or maybe have seen you or heard you play but aren't familiar with you what kind of music do you play i know that's a very generic and broad question yeah. but and i'm in studio with with t-rex aka at tom rex on twitter that's w-r-e-c-k-s uh what so what what is what are the genres of music that you play well i started off just being a, a like a hip-hop battle dj so i used to scratch and do all the tricks and and, and all that and then uh yeah as, as i just became a music lover and started producing music i started producing different types of music so i guess like I guess it's like now what I'm making is kind of like hip hop, but it's inspired by like electronic music and house music. It's kind of like a blend. I think that's what's kind of happening right now. It's just kind of like this kind of melting pot of all these genres. And um, right now I actually have a project with uh, with uh, my good friend, my best friend from uh, Ottawa. He just moved here actually uh, a year ago and we started this project called Thugly. Um, and because uh, you guys are very thuggish yeah <laughs> we're the furthest thing away yeah. from it <laughs> you really are yeah so um but yeah so uh we started this project and it's uh basically it's been it's been doing really well and it's what's uh, the project what is thugly thugly is basically it's southern rap beats yeah mixed with uh like electronic sounds and 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 house music. But a lot it, of people wait, wait. are referring to it as trap music. Okay. Yeah. So isn't that? But southern hip hop, their beats are slower and yeah. they have big bombastic bass lines. Like the bass lines are like what identify that kind of music. Yeah. But then electronica, the 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 tempo and the beats are so much faster. So exactly. how do you how do you blend those so two? It, it, so it's that it's that southern rap tempo with those big eight oh eight big bass hits. And you take like uh, synthesizers from, let's say, uh, a house song or something and kind of put it to, to, to that tempo. So it has kind of, you know, like that 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 thing going on. That, that, <laughs> so for those who can't see him, yeah. right, he's just kind of like he's like pumping his arms as though he was uh, like, you know, how when you do. Uh, tricep extensions <laughs> and you're doing it. tricep yeah. extensions but you're standing up and you're you're pulling the rope over your head you're doing that you picture like a guy if you're on a plane and you see the uh, the guy on the on the runway who's directing the plane traffic with those large glow sticks yeah. the, those the fluorescent sticks that's the kind of motion that he was doing but in yeah. a rhythmic uh, a rhythmic way yeah so yeah, I mean we've we've been uh, it, that that stuff's been taking off like uh, a lot of people like Diplo and A Track and uh, 
like a lot of a lot of big DJs have been playing it on uh, on like on international radio and really like playing it in their sets. Like even when we were in Miami, like Just Blaze played one of our songs, and we were like, "What? Like, what which song? Did, is, is your song on YouTube? I want to just give the audience a little bit. Is there is this that particular song that you mentioned that Just Blaze played? And Just Blaze is a famous DJ who who uh, who was put on the map on the Blueprint One album, Jay Z's first Blueprint. I think he did. Uh, well, I think the well, maybe his most famous one is um, PSA as far as like beat recognition. Yeah. No, it's probably more a more famous one, but PSA by Jay allowed me to reintroduce myself. My name is Hove, like that beat. Um, oh no, uh, tell me, show me what you got was a big one. Yeah, show me what you got was big. Um, okay, but the song that do, do, is it on YouTube? Can I find it? Um, or do I have to go to your SoundCloud? Uh, you might have to go to my SoundCloud. Are you gonna edit all this? Yeah, no, this, nah, this, this, this just is just a. We just going. Yeah, huh? this is just. Right. A, this is just because I don't know how line. long it'll take us to find it, but. <laughs> okay, well you find it. You All find right, it. I'll find it. I'll find so, um, I I was at a uh, I went to a Diplo concert and um he he came to Toronto and I think it was a Bud Light thing, yeah. and it was um yeah me and uh, Drastic opened up for that one. See, I missed your yeah, guy's yeah, set yeah. though. We were right before him. Yeah, it was yeah. at Union. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's and it, it was yeah, like yeah. I I think it was like a blue light something. Had all these like crazy blue lights in this. Uh, it looks like an old train station. That's kind of the vibe of the aesthetic of this of this club here in Toronto. I get in there and like it's a bunch of I'd say the kids range from 19 to 23. Like that's like the heart of uh, this particular uh, uh, group of uh, of partiers. And the beats are are as as uh, you just said, Tom. They're 808. It's big beats and it's just got that that pulse of like this electronica and kids were going crazy like everybody swing it's almost like these kids were in a trance i mean maybe a lot of them were popping the molly and they're sweating Woo! <laughs> but uh it, it they definitely it, diplo was definitely moving the crowd in 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 a way that i was like wow this is i wasn't so into the music but it was very cool to see like a thousand kids just kind of moving in a, in the same sort of a way and and getting into this music. Yeah, it's it's cool because like when I do the Tom Rex thing, like I, I do play a little bit of that that like the thugly stuff and that 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 kind of hard stuff. But I I uh, I also like I don't know just try to cater to, like to different crowds and make people dance and have fun. Whereas with the Thugly project, it's more of like it's almost like punk rap. It's like you create mosh pits in the crowd and people just go crazy. So. Okay, let's play this one right here. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's actually like a remix we did to What Happened to That Boy. Oh, Remember that track? By The Clips. Yeah. Okay, so this is this is on uh, soundcloud.com slash thugly, T-H-U-G-L-I. So, yeah, this one's been getting a lot of love from uh, from A-Track and, uh, and a bunch of people. Uh, so is it just instrumental or we, do we hear lyrics also? Uh, we put in like little vocal samples and stuff, yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I am vibing right now, bouncing up and down in my chair. Just, I'm hyped. <laughs> I am hyped. That's called what happened, and you can check out uh, 
T-Rex's SoundCloud at uh, soundcloud.com slash thugly, T-H-U-G-L-I. You ain't got no uglabi. Uh, uglabi. Uh, uglabi. Do, you re- <laughs> Do you remember that from Wildcats? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which was uh, Woody Harrelson and... Um, and the first movie he did with, uh, oh my God, Wesley Snipes. Yes. And they yes, were in, yes. uh, in um, uh, Meg Ryan, not Meg Ryan. Uh, what was that late? What was that actress? She's married to Kurt Russell. Uh, uh, Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn yeah, was the coach. Yeah. And she was like a female coach of a high school football team. And then the cheerleaders, they're like, you ugly. You ugly. Your mama said you ugly. Uh, thugly. Thugly, yeah. Uh, so wait, how did you get to play in Hong Kong? Uh I, I I don't. They just uh, brought us out. Who's there. they? But and like, how are they gonna find you, a kid from Ottawa, to go all the way across the world to play in clubs there? The internet is a beautiful thing. It yeah. really is. It is. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I I felt the first time I felt like the true true power of the internet was when I did for fun. Um, Kanye released that uh, Love Lockdown uh, track. Yeah. And I remember listening to it and it was like, oh, it's missing something. So I ended up just within like the first day that it was released, I ended up just doing a remix for fun. And I, I emailed it to a friend of mine who at the time I didn't know, but was talking with Kanye's people to maybe do a mixtape for them. And I guess while he was talking to them, he sent it to him. Within like 48 hours, I get a call from Kanye's people saying, Kanye West is in the studio right now listening to your remix, going crazy over it. Come on. And I was like, what? I was like, yeah, I was on cloud nine. I was like, whoa, whoa, what? I made this like in my bedroom like 48 hours ago, and now I hear Kanye West is is listening to it. And it's cool because then he ended up going on like, uh, BBC radio and like shouting me out and stuff. Really? Yeah. I, I, I had to record that clip too. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's amazing. Yeah. Dude. So did you ever get to like, did Kanye ever come on the phone with you? Nah, nah. He's, ha- too, have he's ever- too cool for that. <laughs> he doesn't even have his own phone. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think he has a phone. Yeah. He just yells stuff at people mm-hmm. to, for, him, for them to do things yeah. for him. Tell him I like it. <laughs> Tell him I like that I, remix. Have you ever met Kanye West? No, I haven't. I normally save this question for the end of the uh, podcast, but I'll just ask it now. By virtue of of your job and your career and where your career is taking you, Tom Rex, who is the most famous person that you've shaken hands with and had some kind of conversation with? Hmm. Uh, uh, that's tough. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Can we can we save that question for well, the end? Keep it keep it in it. keep it in the back of your mind. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. case I don't remember to because I we are, this conversation is going to take us all over the place and we may not take us back to this point. Okay, so tell me more about how you got to play in Hong Kong. Like you just did someone just email you and how do you know this person's legit and like how, how do you vet this process? Well, what's cool is that like I don't especially DJs I, I feel like we're we're such a community that um we're kind of spread all over the world. So um, we have a, we have a, I have a friend out there. His name's Andy. Um, a friend out where? Uh, out in Hong Kong. Okay. Who, a who, Canadian dude? Uh, no, he's actually a German, like a really, really, really good German DJ. Okay. And his name's DJ Kid Fresh. And I think he's moving to LA now to work for like a record label or something. But he moved out there to Hong Kong and just kind of set up shop and just started doing these big parties and bringing these big DJs down. And then um, we kind of just knew him through through the internet. And uh, and back in the day, we used to do the DJ battles and he did too. So, I mean, it kind of grew, like as we all grew up and kind of took over different cities, moved around the world, he ended up in Hong Kong. And then, uh, yeah, he just kind of, 
brought us down. I guess the club wanted to bring us down too. What was the name of the club? Do you remember? Uh, it's Volar. Volar. Yeah. And then, and then what? And when was it? Was was it this year, 2013? Yeah, it was crazy. It was right before Miami. So I was I, I had to do like the super trek to Hong Kong, back here, then the next day to Miami, and then by Miami when I came back, I like slept for three days. <laughs> <laughs> super jet lagged all kinds of ways and yeah so when you oh, sorry it's club velour you said a volar volar yeah. now yeah. how like how many night did you just play one night there or did you play a couple of nights yeah we just played one night there we, we didn't really have enough time to travel around asia anymore so dude you went there for like 24 hours no four days actually oh, okay yeah, but, yeah. You, but you worked for one day one day yeah and they put us up for like four nights so it was good it was nice it was it was, it was, it was cool. what so what was the like uh, okay, so I'm gonna get to this question. I know I was yeah. gonna save it for later, but might as well get to this question now before we get to Miami. Is in your opinion, generally speaking, yeah, who gets more love from ladies? Or actually, right, who? So let me rephrase that. Between DJs and personal trainers, <laughs> who are the who are the better closers, the DJ or the personal trainer? I think, I'm. I mean, I think the personal trainer. Really? I think so. Yeah. I. I don't know. I mean, there's something to be said about working like body to body. Yeah, I with, think that's what it is. Yeah. Cause, and they're they're ripped. Yeah. Gen generally. Cause yeah, and you're ripped. Like we're all like we all live on like a McDonald's diet because we're <laughs> we're traveling all the time and stuff. So we're. So yeah, but it's not like D DJs are never fat. You don't see fat DJs. That's one thing about you guys. You guys are all generally between 120 and 145 pounds. It's because we're all malnourished. And <laughs> <laughs> we're all malnourished and we all have like those hunchbacks. Right, yeah, because yeah. you're always hunching over tables. Yeah, so by like 60, we're all going to look like Mr. Burns <laughs> from The Simpsons. The only exception is maybe Pauly D, who's got like, he just works on beach muscle, which is just just his biceps and his triceps and his chest. That's it. Beach muscle. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So, so I think personal trainers, just because they work really closely. Yeah. Like physically. Like, I mean, like I'm locked behind like a DJ booth, you know, and like, plus by the time, by the time you're done finishing DJing, like the girl that did have the crush on you and that kept on coming up and like, you know, trying to say what's up, she's already had way too many. Right, right. Her care, her friends like already done, held her hair and took her <laughs> out of the club, you know? So, um, I don't know. And the personal trainer just, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the part that kind of sucks about you guys. Like if the girl, if you do see you're on the road or whatever, see do see like a group of cute girls, which there are always groups of cute girls or a cute or bomb ass girls. Like by the time it's like three o'clock and you're you know you're playing that last song, those girls are just mangled at that point. Just like <laughs> yeah. hair in the face, yeah. like sweating, swaying. Like maybe one one heel is broken. Yeah. Like they just between you know eleven o'clock and three o'clock, they almost have go through a transformation. Yes. From and when those lights come up, it's a totally different story, <laughs> Cavi. It's totally different when those lights go on. You know how it is. You've yeah. been there when oh, the lights go on, dude. That's me. I like it's like <laughs> they literally it's, it's Cinderella to like. <laughs> To like the the girl who's in the house like with the with the straw broom, <laughs> with, with the ugly dress like that's what they turn into a pumpkin but like yeah. a beaten up pumpkin that's that's the same as me dude I look great under club lights like under club yeah. lights like people might mistake me for the Old Spice guy, <laughs> but you have to be really drunk or high to mistake me for the Old Spice guy but it's probably happened once or twice. Um, that's hilarious. 
So okay, so you're okay now. Now okay, so take me to Miami. So yeah. so the, like the ultra is it called Ultra Week or Ultra Music Festival? Yeah, Ultra Music Festival, and it's also I guess the Winter Music Conference. So like they they do like music conferences and stuff. It it started off being like a week thing I think, and now it's like two weeks of just mayhem of just mayhem and world's biggest DJs on like seven different stages at the same time it's just yeah it, it's it's crazy what is the environment like when you touch down you what so what do you see like either at the airport or when you get to your hotel uh yeah it's just it's hard to catch a cab that's for sure <laughs> um yeah i mean i, I we i played a couple different clubs i uh, and then uh, i went to the main stages too and uh yeah as soon as i got there i was i guess this festival was sold out so they had about like a hundred people grouped up and they just ran at the front gates with like police and everything just blocking it but i don't know like hundreds of people just tried to crash the doors of ultra music festival like more than once apparently because the people working there were telling us and it was it was it was like a scene from like uh the 300 or something you know what i mean it's just like <laughs> It was nuts. I've never seen anything like that. Like, I've seen people try to crash festival doors or, like, club doors and try to get in to, like, full clubs and everything. But this was something out of a movie. It was, it was, I can't even explain it. It's really that hectic and really that, like, there's that much, like, pandemonium. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, like, I I wasn't, I didn't get the memo, but there's a lot of fluorescent going on. So if you got fluorescent speedos or bikinis or I don't know, some people weren't wearing anything. I don't. Are you think. serious? Yeah, like I, I, there was one one girl that just had tape on her nipples, and she was just walking around with like tape on her nipples and like a short short like uh, yeah short shorts. Wow, it was like a, short a, as anything but anything but clothes party. Yeah, for, for that girl. Exactly, and uh, and they were all sweating. <laughs> yeah <laughs> were they ever yeah so um but yeah it was it was it was crazy it's mayhem i i've yeah how many how many nice. days were you there uh was there four i was there the whole weekend so like four four nights and you played on a couple a couple of nights yeah and that was that was that was crazy too um so when you're djing these 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 parties like when people book you to to play these parties do they say we want you to play this or they are aware of what you play, so you just play what you want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wait, which one? Uh, the, the second one, option B. So yeah, <laughs> they 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 bring you out to play, play what you want, kind of thing. Yeah, like specifically for for what you do. So is there? I, and I, I don't know if this is this is uh, this is comparable, but like a stand-up comedian, they they're the only person on stage, so they're the focal point, and then the audience is responding to what the comedian gives them a dj i mean they people will travel to hear a dj play or sometimes they'll go to a venue and they just they know that venue will have music that they like but uh, like stand-up comedy comedians sometimes they bomb a lot of times they murder and the crowd is you know boisterous and they're slapping their knees or they get a standing ovation but can djs ever bomb or have have you ever had a bad experience as though like nobody is I'm not saying an empty room, but because that's obvious, like an empty room is an empty room. Yeah. But if the room is full or three quarters full, has there ever been a time where they're just nobody is feeling what you're playing? I don't think so. I'm not. I'm not just saying yeah, that to you're be. Awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not just saying that to boast, but no, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I think. I think if you ever get into that situation, you gotta just be. I guess like 
quick, quick on your feet and try to f- figure out what what they like. Is or, that hard to do to figure out what the crowd likes? I guess after experience, it's not as hard, but. Yeah, it could it could be frustrating sometimes. You're like fishing. It's like, what do these people want? You know, <laughs> and then you find you know that that song or or that kind of vibe that they're that they're into. So I'm in studio with DJ T Rex. What is your default like party starter? Like if you want the crowd to amp up a bit, is there like a a default track that you go to, or like a a series of like two or three tracks that you know, like you can just get their energy to where you want, and then you can take them to where you want them to go. Like, is there, like, are there some songs that are, like, you, you can't lose, like, hype tracks that you have in your uh, your repertoire? Yeah, I guess so. Like, I'd say, like, PSA, Jay-Z. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's one that I go the most hype to in my life. When I hear that, I'm going to be jumping up and down over 100 times. Yeah, as soon as that drops, that allow me to reintroduce myself, and then everyone just goes in on the drop. That's a big one. Everyone always likes that one. I mean, yeah, there's there's a couple of tunes. Like, I'd say the classics work always, you know, like songs like that, like Jay-Z songs and, uh, yeah, any M.O.P. M.O.P., well, that's a real, <laughs> you got to be like a hip-hop crowd for that. You can't go to Miami to Ultra Music Week and drop, like, uh, Annie Up. I mean, maybe you could because yeah. the beat is so hype, but it's not like you can't drop anything else except Annie Up. Yeah. Or the Annie Up remix. I have a question for you. What's your What's your favorite um athlete musician or 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 maybe i should simplify it best uh best athlete rapper an athlete that's a rapper or that tried that had their hands at rapping Hmm. um there's weber there's bryant there was shaq I don't know who else made a record. I think a lot of people made. Well, it. I remember, like in the early '90s, there, there was a there was a CD. I think it was called Jock Jams, where like NFL stars like teamed up with like I think Deion Sanders did something with MC Hammer. He did. He did. I think I think MC, uh, Deion Sanders was in the Too Legit to Quit video, but um, more there's a let me think let me think. I heard a guy named Stevie Johnson who played for the Buffalo Bills. I heard him freestyling. He's not bad. Yeah. He can lay it down. Okay. Um but uh more more uh classically or or I guess someone with a, with a little more fame. Um let me think. That's a that's a top. Let me oh. There, there's there's someone obvious that I'm omitting. Like Shaq sucked, Kobe's song sucked. Chris Webber, I don't. I was not memorable. I think Kobe had like Tyra Banks. Or he, something. in the video, in the yeah, vi- in the video, like featuring think, on the song. Or something yeah, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, and then I think he tried everything he could to do in his power to get that removed from YouTube, but it's still out there. <laughs> and, and there's actually a clip where he's performing it at some like kids show, like some Disney event or something. Next time you see him, you should ask him to rap. Yeah, like Bean. Hey, um, hey, let's do the let's do the verse of that. <laughs> <laughs> that song actually iverson's 40 bars wasn't too bad oh yeah i forgot uh, when he, he went by the moniker jewels or jewels yeah. um there's okay i'm admitting there's a, like a, there's like a soccer player or like a baseball player i know there aren't any hockey players my dude um uh mike richards who played for who plays for the la kings they did a funnier die video where he has a rap at the end of it it's not very good but uh, it's, it's got it's got a funny yeah <laughs> Ah, oh, great! Stump me. Yeah. I, okay, I'm also gonna, I'm gonna store that one T Rex yeah. back here, and by the end of this podcast, I'm gonna try to, to try to pull it out. And don't forget to tell me or tell us the people that are listening who is the most famous person that you met. The Kanye story is amazing because Kanye gave you a huge cosign, and Kanye is like one of the most famous artists in the world. Um, 
but you didn't get to meet him. Yeah. All right. So, okay. Um, let me let me let me ask you this. Um, as far as when you're playing in venues and people come up to you, like on a scale of one to one hundred, one being I don't really mind, one hundred being infuriated. How how annoying is it when the public comes up to request songs? <laughs> yeah, I mean. It all depends. Speak for your community of DJs <laughs> so that people listening, we can know just to just enjoy the party and don't friggin' bug you guys. Just stop requesting. Come on. Come on, world. Stop requesting. <laughs> what is it? One no, to one hundred. It's, it's okay, though. Like, I mean, if you're like when because you, you made me laugh at, at first that you were that guy that I totally was that guy. I like, know. I was but, all over you, dude. Yeah. But but at least at least you're funny with it because you're having a good time and you're like, yo, play that play that jay-z track or oh, play this so play that no but that's cool such a drunk sweaty rhino the worst is when they when when you got like the like the bachelorette party or like the birthday party and it's like hi i know you're busy right now <laughs> but it's katie's birthday and we all just really want to dance and uh yeah um can you and you're like waiting for this request to come in you know you know that it's katie's birthday you know that they're having fun and they want to dance but you still haven't heard the request meanwhile you're trying to mix the next record right. and then by the time they tell you what they want to hear it's just like the new britney spears song or something that i don't even have on right. me so or it's like it, i'm disappointing this whole bachelorette party or <laughs> or the funniest one which a lot of djs get my favorite favorite one is Hi, um, we really want to hear that new Sean Paul song, but like we're leaving in 15 minutes, so can you play it now? It's like, <laughs> how about I don't play it and you leave in 15 minutes? <laughs> Wait, people give you like time limits on yeah, stuff? Yeah, it's crazy. Really? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Oh man, like it's okay. So, what's our drunk girls? Or drunk guys worse for interruptions while you are mixing songs and working ouch that's a that's a that's a good question I don't know I think it's like 50 50 it all depends you know who who interrupts you guys m most often girls or dudes I think girls but yeah girls but the dude that does ask for something is usually like the annoying guy that's like super drunk and wants to hear something no one else wants to hear you know what i mean <laughs> at least like a girl will ask you for something like you know 20 other girls in the club probably want to hear but the dude's gonna be like yo you know that song that came out in 1993 it was like <laughs> you know like just starts giving you the wikipedia about the song and yeah, yeah can you play dos effects they want effects yeah just something some that's good, but I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah. some Sometimes it just, yeah, it's just a whirlwind of, I don't want to hear you anymore. At, at one point, you just got to shut people off and be like, okay, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And just keep doing your thing, you know? T-Rex, how do you feel about parody songs? Like, Lonely Island is the group. It's Adam Sandberg and his two, I can't remember the two other guys. Yeah. But so they, they've, for, I think of, this might be their third album. They're, they're putting one out. Uh, uh, called. Oh, jeez, I just I think saw. It's, yeah, I just saw it too. Uh, the Whack album. The Whack album. Yeah. 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 So they they've had like hugely successful um, digital shorts, which then spawned into making music and being released by like a major studio. What do you, what do you do? Like, do you play parody songs? Like, I think the one that I've heard in the club was "I'm on a boat." Yeah, I've played. I've definitely played that one in the club. <laughs> 
I can't wait to be actually on a boat and play that track. Yeah, I'm sure it's happened yeah. in Miami, and uh, yeah, and and it probably looked like a music video. Yeah, exactly. I yeah, I'm not mad at parody tracks. Yeah, I like them. I mean, especially like the Lonely Island guys, they do it right, and they get some cool guests on it. And I think that stuff just happened organically because they're just funny to begin with. So it, it was all right. Or like the Weird Al days. Remember the Weird Al days? I wonder if those ever played in clubs. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. Or, I'm, or should I bring it back, Cavi? Should I start oh, playing man. it in clubs? Well, I'll play them tonight. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think the um, I think the one he did uh, the he redid the Chameleon Air song uh, "Riding." Oh yeah. I think he said. I think it's called "White and Nerdy." White and Nerdy. Well, yeah. I think that. I think maybe that one you can maybe get. Maybe get, yeah. Uh, it, it's possible. What do you um? So how do you uh? react or how do you respond to or would you ever play you know that we live in the age of the internet and, and you've mentioned earlier we've gone from analog to a digital digital era um and there are internet stars whose clips uh become viral videos when kids or some kid in his home turns it into this auto-tuned like uh phenomenon the latest one was a guy is a guy named charles ramsey oh man i saw that last and, night yeah and uh and uh it's uh uh he uh, uh we mentioned mcdonald's that uh, you, you you sometimes you live on a mcdonald's diet well apparently this guy does as well and the story <laughs> which everybody knows is charles ramsey he saved three women uh from his neighbor's home and these women have been held in captivity for captivity for like uh 10 years and and the most famous one was amanda berry but the song is called dead giveaway and it was um, it was turned into a uh, an auto tune song yesterday. I'm just I don't know if you've heard it, but I'm gonna uh, play I'm gonna play a little bit of it right <laughs> now. Do. And it's actually pretty good. It's yeah. actually pretty good. It's really well done. Yeah. yeah, whoever made this is a genius. I'm talking with Charles Ramsey. He's a neighbor. Uh, t walk me through again what happened this afternoon. I knew something was wrong when a little pretty white girl ran into a black man's arms. <laughs> like the beat, the beat is pretty nice. Big testicles, cause we see this dude every day. We eat ribs with this dude, but we didn't have a clue that that girl was in that house. She said, "Please help me get out." Then give a win. 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 Let's go. Let's go. Kathy, let's go. Then give a win. Then give a win. My neighbor got big testicles. It's a sing-along one, man. Dead it is. Giveaway. Yeah, the, the, I want to keep singing it. The, <laughs> the chorus is nice. And that was posted uh, oh, man. May 7th, and it's got uh, three and a half million views wow. on YouTube. So it's, um, it's and this guy, uh, Shmoyo, good for, good for Shmoyo. How hard would it be to make one of those? Like, have you ever tried to make one of these I haven't tried. parody videos or pa no, parody songs? It's all songs? like auto-tune, replayed auto-tune kind of thing. No, I haven't tried making a parody video. But um, the funny thing is, since we're on this topic, uh, a, a, f a friend of mine, Harry, who also goes by the name of Bauer, 
is oh that wait that ba- that guy yeah the Harlem okay, wait, Shake so, guy. So, so okay so explain this yeah so the Harlem Shake which probably a lot of well the Harlem Shake is one thing but then there's a the Harlem Shake video which is that 30 second bits of people just standing still and then once the beat hits everyone just starts I don't know what you call it what would you call it cab you just going uh, crazy yeah they just yeah they just they start just, wilding out yeah so I mean um yeah he he made that track like a year before that parody was done and then uh I guess it was just some dorm room kids that decided to make a funny video to it and then out of no nowhere that stuff went viral and then next thing you know it's like what sports teams uh late night shows um I don't know everyone I think yeah everyone it was started making- protests in like the Middle East and stuff and it, it yeah it's insane so uh yeah what? and and it's funny cuz I I was when I saw him in Miami I was afraid to talk to him about it because I don't know if he feels good about being the Harlem Shake guy right. or if he feels like, ah, oh, you know, I made this song. Because his, his production and music has been his, has been very credible and he's done amazing things already aside from this Harlem Shake thing. So it was kind of like, oh, is this going to like make him or break him kind of thing. So how did you respond to it? Like, did you bring it up with him? So, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I was just like, congrats on everything that's happening. I didn't say Harlem Shake, but congrats on everything that's happening. It's crazy. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's it's like a, the most humblest dude you know. He's like, yeah, you know, I'm just, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's like, no, you have the number one song on the Billboard charts via YouTube. Yeah. And you're like on the on the cover billboard magazine out of nowhere it's like but he was the humblest dude and i think he's just trying to like keep it on the low even though he knows like he made it big just because it all started from someone making a parody video or like a youtube video for his song and it's crazy because nowadays that's what can make a hit is someone making a youtube video for your song more so than your song just being your song kind of thing if that makes any sense no yeah absolutely i think i think the miami heat was when they did theirs i think that was one of the more uh popular or one of the biggest viewed uh videos of these harlem shake videos this is the song that we're talking about everybody knows this and is harry is he an, an american dude yeah he's from new york and it, we're watching this on YouTube. It's got like 40 million views. So everybody knows that song. Yeah. And uh, Everyone knows the 30 seconds of that song. It's funny because when we were at Ultra, I was like side stage with all these, all these, all these DJs from all over the world, and he was he was performing and he played that song. And after 30 seconds, all the DJs around too started making jokes, being like, "What? There's more than 30 seconds to this song?" Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the YouTube, the YouTube uh, video made, uh, they're all like 30 seconds long, but the the actual song goes on for like three minutes or yeah. something. Yeah, and th- so that 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 Harlem Shake video, Bowers, like like 39 million views and the Miami Heat version is like 44 and a half million views. Yeah, there's so many of them out there. So for like two weeks, that song, or maybe like a week, maybe like two weeks, it was like, that was, it was every, you know, SportsCenter did one, it has like a million views, like everybody, I saw some pretty phenomenal Harlem Shake videos. There was one where people did it in a pool, like a synchronized swimming team. That was I saw that one. Yeah, that That was was amazing. Um, And the the Toronto Raptors did one, that was a pretty good one. uh, so okay, so tell me tell me more about Miami. So you're when you're in Miami, and you know it's uh, 
it's obviously South Beach is the reason people go there, and there's some of the most like or like I think maybe the best collection of the most beautiful women on planet Earth. All, are all in this one ocean drive, like in this one area. The clubs are ridiculous and super, extremely expensive. Um, but amongst the DJs, like who are the rock stars of the DJ world that that descended upon Miami during this ultra music festival or or winter music week or whatever it's called? Uh, I, I guess like who's the LeBron James of, or the Tiger Woods? Maybe not the Tiger Woods, but who's like the LeBron James of the DJ world? I guess it's like it, it all depends like um, different genres, right? Because there's so many subgenres in like electronic music and all and, and music right now. So it's kind of like uh, it's like who's better at each like who's the the best at each sport, let's say. Okay, so yeah, okay, so like football, so like football, so, and, you know, I don't know who's the biggest. Yeah, maybe Aaron Rodgers the biggest star in football, maybe or yeah, or Tom Brady. Yeah, or, and then there's like LeBron in basketball, baseball. I don't know who it is right now. Maybe Justin Verlander, maybe. Yeah. Or, and then hockey, it's Sidney Crosby. Yeah. So they're, they're so like so they're in the subgenres. There's yeah. the star. So I'd say I don't know. I'd probably say like A Track, Diplo. Um, a Track was uh, Kanye, Kanye West DJ for a while. Who's who's from Montreal, right? Originally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was the young. He's 16 when he won like the World Championships of DJing or something crazy. He's like yeah, Canada's poster child to DJing. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I think A Track, Diplo, Calvin Harris. Oh, right. Like, yeah, David Guetta's, like, all those guys were there. Like, any, I don't know. Yeah, like, those, anyone you could think of, Tiesto. Um, well, Tiesto, isn't Tiesto, like, the David Beckham? I guess so, yeah. Like, he's, like, world famous. Yeah. And he's been famous for a long time. Some people consider him God. Really? I don't know. I don't, I don't <laughs> but. Tiesto was like he was the guy that I always heard that would mur like be killing it at Ibiza. Yeah, he's like the big big stadium house guy. So okay, let me ask you this, Tom. I'm in studio with uh, DJ T Rex, originally from Ottawa, Ontario. You can see him all over planet Earth. We we're just talking about uh, playing in Miami. When and, and this is not an indictment to people that are into EDM, uh, but. EDM like DJs that play electronic music, they are almost performers because they're not really what to the naked eye and to the to the novice, it doesn't seem like they are playing the party. Like there aren't, there's no vinyl on the tables. There's a MacBook or a couple MacBooks, and it's and you can't see the artistry or the craft as they're playing this music because it just seems like. They're pumping their fists, but there's no physic physicality, it seems, to, to how they're playing, as opposed to someone who's like a turntablist or someone who has roots in playing hip-hop parties like yourself, where there's it is vinyl, and it is, there, there, there seems to be, and, and again, I don't want to cast aspersion on all DJs that play electronic music, but for for DJs that play house or uh, hip hop, there seems to be more of a physicality, more uh, like you're you're actually busy doing something at the tables, not just pressing your space bar. Yeah, definitely. I mean, but but that I mean, most of those guys grow up DJing, but then when you're like in front of like thousands upon thousands of people, and you have a whole synchronized, like let's say Swedish House Mafia, those guys were there in Ultra, and it was like their last show ever together or something like that. I saw that at the, so at the Sky Dome. 
Oh yeah, they came oh, yeah. here for a couple of days. Yeah, and it was literally three guys pumping their fists, and one guy hit a space exactly. bar. That's what it looked like to me, as from the audience. Yeah, I mean, when you get to that kind of point, it's like you're you're in you're in stadiums and in arenas, and you know everything is synchronized. Your visuals, all the pyrotechnics. It's more of like a light show, and I don't know, experience than it is like watching someone DJ, right? So it's it's kind of gotten to that that it's just more of a produced spectacle than uh, than watching a dj perform mind you there's still a lot of great djs that still perform on huge stages that still use turntables and like cd djs and perform live and like still are sticking to you know being a performer up there and not just uh a producer playing his music right so, so but how, how do you feel about that these guys get to play in huge arenas and stadiums and the artistry, the craftsmanship is different. Those guys could program their whole show the night before in their hotel room and not play it live, like not play it organically. I mean, maybe you guys have a plan when the night, you know, when you are going to a venue, like, okay, I'm going to play this or whatever. Oh, but yeah, it's, it takes us like three days sometimes to prepare. Like, yeah. We does just, it actually? Yeah, like we just played a show uh, on Friday at the Hoxton. We uh, played with Keys and Crates. Oh, but that, that's that's live. Like that's live music. Okay, sorry. C yeah. Continue. Now yeah. I'll explain it and for we, people uh, at home. So, like when when we do uh, a thugly performance, we have uh, four turntables, and so two guys, four turntables, and we all play records at the same time. So there's a lot going on, and I feel good about it because I'm up there doing something, and I feel like I'm up there busy doing something. I'm busy. If I were just to press play and just stand there, I I wouldn't know what to do with myself. I would be like, I don't know, twiddling my thumbs or like, <laughs> I don't know. You, you could only fist pump for so long, right? <laughs> so I mean, when it comes to me, I I need to be doing something. I need to be performing, or else I feel like I'm kind of cheating the crowd. I think that's that's more for me. I, it's, it's different for everybody else. I'm not going to hate on people that use different types of technology, but I feel like as long as you perform and you're doing something up there. Okay, explain Keys and Crates real quick. Cause there, there are people, some people who, who aren't familiar with Keys and Crates. So you played with, recently, you and another DJ played with Keys and Crates and explain how that works. Well, we, we, we didn't play with them at the same time. Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. yeah it, was, it was the same night. But yeah, the, the, their live performance is great. It's like a, a guy performing on drums, and he's got a, a real drum kit, and he's also got a couple of like electronic drum pads and things like that, so you can trigger like different sounds and things like that. And then they got Matisse, who's on the keyboards, who plays different synths and different sounds. And then they got Junior Flo, who's a well-respected uh, Toronto Canadian DJ. Um who and Adam's on the on the drums, right? Yeah, that's it. And then uh, Junior flows on the on the scratches, and he also has like a sampler next to him, which he triggers, and kind of like um like an MPC pad, like a drum pad. And yeah, and then yeah, those guys they put on a great show. I mean, like they take records and remix them and do perform them live. It's it's really cool. It's uh, not a lot of people are doing that where like they're taking the live acoustic kind of element and combining it with that edm kind of performance like those guys those guys truly perform you know compared to the button pushers and the fist pumpers so, <laughs> so yeah definitely check them out keys and crates for sure how did you um how did you do in miami when you're there for ultra i want i want i just i want to hear one great i want to hear one story about that like 
you were invited. Can I talk about strip clubs in Miami? Please. <laughs> yeah, so the last night, basically, uh, I didn't know of this until, re- like, before I got, got there. But the last night there, it's called Hard to Leave. And what happens is, basically, a lot of the DJs that played the entire Ultra Music Festival all go to this party at the end of the weekend, which is like the Sunday night. I think it's a Sunday night, yeah. And um, I'll go to a strip club. And the, you you have like A-track DJing like uh, like Miami bass music and like two live crew. Amazing. While s- strippers are jumping off on the poles and doing their thing. And us Canadians, obviously, we're used to loonies and, and toonies. <laughs> But when you get a wad of ones in your hand because you just bought a beer and everything they give you in change is ones, right? So you put down a 20 for a beer and they give you a whole bunch of ones. And I remember like looking at my boys and being like, man, you know, I'm, I'm going to be smart about my money. I'm not going to spend any ones in here. Five minutes later, I'm just like making it rain. <laughs> you can't resist. I can't resist. Just spent, <laughs> spent all the money I made that weekend. Oh, uh, no. No, <laughs> no. Nah, nah, it, was, oh. it wasn't that bad, but um but uh yeah it was it was funny it was it was just like it was just funny to see a whole bunch of giddy djs all in one room just laughing at each other and there was a lot of toronto guys there too like keys and crates were there grand theft uh, nice. dj grand theft from Before, team canada djs yeah um and uh, uh, zed's dead who are like dubstep guys from toronto um a ton of Canadian guys were there, so it was funny. It was almost it felt like we were all like Toronto hanging out, but in a Miami strip club with a ton of ones and a track, a track playing two live crew in the background. So that was that was a trip for me. That was kind of like what wow. was the name? What was the name of the strip club? Oh man, was it King of Diamonds? Nah, I don't think so. I think there was a there was a thing there was a shot of uh, Rihanna. Um, she was Maybe making it might have been that. She was making it rain at a at a strip club recently. She was just throwing out some ones. Oh, like, really? Good for you. Yeah, yeah. There they had a there was like artists there too. Like I saw Azealia Banks walk uh, walked by. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because she was wearing like an outfit from like because uh, she wears all these elaborate outfits. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, when she performs, so she came walking in with like an elaborate outfit. I'm like, wrong place to wear that. <laughs> People that don't know who you are are going to mistake you for, for uh, a stripper. stripper. Yeah. yeah, so that was funny. Um, yeah, it was just it was good times. And what what really bothered me there though was it's like I don't know it was like two three in the morning and we're all you know having drinks enjoying like our last day there and there's you know naked women doing their thing. We're having a great time to a point where it got so so sweaty and so crazy in there that you know like the condensation yeah the yeah it started it started like dripping from the the ceiling and then i look over and there's a couple having like steak dinners in the actual <laughs> strip club <laughs> at like 2 3 a.m. while there's like stripper sweat dripping from oh the ceiling gosh, and i'm just amazing. like man this is the worst place to take a woman out for a meal you know what i mean just a couple <laughs> eating steak that's amazing not even appetizers you know they, <laughs> they went for they went for the, the strip club steak i'm sure that's not expensive like not 
that that's that must be expensive for sure. You know, to order a steak in a strip club, damn. Well, may, maybe maybe it's like twelve bucks, and the drinks are like twelve to maybe. fifty. May, maybe the food is cheap, but the yeah. drinks and the lap dances certainly are not. So that was that was kind of a trip. That was funny, like just seeing all that, and then um, yeah, it, and then maybe like the the night before too was uh, it was a party uh, organized by Red Bull and. And we just went there, and it was just free, free drinks till six in the morning. And you have like Skrillex and all these big DJs, and Calvin Harris is like walking right beside you. And it was just like it was just a trip. It, it was like uh, we compared it to like it's like um, it's like camp for DJs. You know nice. what I mean? Nice. Yeah, it's like camp for DJs. That's what I see like music festivals and especially Miami because uh, the Ultra Festival is like where everyone kind of goes. Uh, is that like is that like the Super Bowl of music festivals for DJs? Probably, yeah. I mean, like there's Coachella's and there's like a lot of great festivals that go on throughout the summer. But that's like the first one that kind of sets it off, and that's like where a lot of DJs go and like test out their new music that they're ah. gonna be playing and and kind of make relationships and uh, yeah. Like I mean, we we went out there and we had like meetings with managers and like agents and stuff. How'd it work out? How'd it go? Good, good, yeah. So what? What? So what happened? They paid result? for the, some expensive sushi, so it made me <laughs> <laughs> it made me happy. Um, but yeah, yeah, everything went well. It was it was awesome. It was a it was a great trip. And I I mean, you should go. You should go next year, Cavi. Oh boy! I mean, you see, you said you slept for three days. I might have to sleep for three weeks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, kind of the way that the way that I go, <laughs> you go in hard. Yeah. Oh man! And I, I'll be sweating as soon as I get off the plane, and I won't even be listening to any music. It's just by just by <laughs> virtue of being fat and being in in Miami. And then when I see the girls, it's just gonna be. It's gonna be I'll be a puddle of. <laughs> Oh, uh, just, just, just grossness. Off the plane and he's sweating. Oh, Woo! yeah, seriously. Uh, Tom, it's been awesome having you yeah, in this thank studio. Thank you so okay, much, Okay, we got to answer the question. Oh, yeah. The question, the most famous person that you met. The most famous. I don't have an answer to your question. Who I is still don't have an answer, I don't man. have an answer to the who is the most, who is the best athlete who can rap. I, I, I guess I would stick with Iverson because I can't think of anybody else. Some, someone that hasn't really come to mind who's the most famous person you you've ever met that's tough that's tough um we met a lot of people i it's probably um it's probably michael jordan yeah wow Pro probably michael jordan is that most would famous. be mine for sure if i have if i got to meet him i'd definitely be i was him. nervous i was like yeah. I, met, I met jay-z once also nervous and i i stuttered like a six-year-old like a like a sixth grader trying to give a speech about uh in you know remembrance day or something <laughs> or trying to recite that poem about the poppies and in, in whatever flanders field um and that's how i, I was standing in front of jay-z and michael jordan as well uh, but it's, michael jordan's probably the most famous that i met i think athletes mario lemieux was a huge one for me he's very famous because i uh i grew up i was i played hockey like as a kid for like eight years and i remember like mario lemieux was like i was just such a big fan yeah so i'd, I'd say he was probably up there uh, as far as athletes go, Marilyn is famous. He's he's pretty famous. Yeah, and then I don't know. I I, I guess I don't know. Last question: um, What city has the baddest chicks per capita? Uh, in, in Canada or worldwide? Well, let's let's go Canada first. Then we'll go. Then we'll expand the borders. All right. I uh, don't hate me rest of Canada, but I I, I have to stick to Toronto. I'm sorry, Toronto. Yeah, Toronto. Toronto. 
That's um. The T. I, I thought you were gonna see there. There's there's arguments for Vancouver. I've heard arguments for Montreal, and I've heard arguments for Toronto. Uh, Montreal ladies are I I feel just a lot friendlier and open. They're not as stush. I know what that means. Um, but it means you're you're playing. What what's one of those first person shooters like? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, you're playing that in Montreal. What, what's <laughs> what, what's like one of those on Xbox? I'm not a gamer anymore. Yeah, what's yeah, one I'm of those not really a gamer either. But yeah, yeah, like uh, like Halo, Call or of like Duty, Call or something. Of Duty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah it's Call of Duty in there. Yeah, and it's your Call of Duty. You have a duty to rock the party and rock the after party. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 definitely. Just, um, but Toronto, yeah, I think I think Toronto has has. I think it's just a melting pot of so many cultures and so many so many different flavors. Yeah, it's crazy. Like the cuisine is just yeah, so much variety of cuisine. And I find when DJs and like artists come here, they always tell me like, "Wow, what's going on here? What you know? What they eating here?" And <laughs> people are always surprised. Yeah, so I'd say Toronto. Worldwide though, I'd have to say Rio, Brazil. You've been you did you play in Rio? No, I didn't play there. I was I was actually there uh, for the military. Um, the Canadian military, the uh, the military world games. Yeah, I went there to document some stuff. What do you mean the military world games? They, every like four years, they have like the military Olympics, and it's like a huge thing. I didn't even know it was such a huge thing until I went there. I was like, damn, this is like almost like the Olympics, but for military. But what what events do they compete? Like, how many events do they compete in? Man, there's like probably over like forty or fifty events. Like every everything every track and field event, every like Olympic event pretty much. Really? Like volleyball, basketball. Mind you, Canada didn't do so well because because like our mil- we only have thirty eight people in our military. Yeah, but what's crazy is that like in other countries like China, Brazil, um, like other South American countries like Venezuela, Colombia, like, Argentina, whatever. Yeah, yeah. all these countries Chill. it's like the military, let's say you're like a really good volleyball player, they'll hire you to play for the military team. Like join the military so you could be a, ah. a volleyball player for the military. Right. Whereas here, it's like you're military first and then, oh, my hobby's volleyball. So, yeah, I'll play volleyball in the military, <laughs> you know. So it was it was crazy. I think Canada won one gold medal and the only reason they won it was because the South Korean uh a girl just really kicked butt in Taekwondo for Canada, and she took the took home the gold. But it was kind of cool to see, man. Wait, it, she was a South Korean. She was a Canadian, but her par- her heritage is South Korean. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, and I think she joined the military like two years before or something. <laughs> they well, like, good honor. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it, it's it was cool to see. I didn't even know stuff like that existed because. Uh, I don't know. You went to uh, Ryerson for radio and TV. Yes. Yeah, I took that same course too. Did you actually? Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I took that, and then like, I mean, like, as a like, obviously, music and DJ was DJing was my first thing, but I still sometimes on the side will do like music videos or like try to help things out. And I remember, I remember you and uh you and RT right went to school together. Yeah. Or he yeah. took the film. No, film. we were both together in RT, oh, okay. in radio you both TV. Took it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember hitting RT up and stuff, and like helping him out, like on videos and stuff. <laughs> nice. And um, shout out to RT, yeah. uh, him and all of his 106 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah. So like, I, I mean, like that's my passion too. Like, I, I love, I love, um, I love doing. Like, so the Brazilian women. In Rio, yeah, oh. baddest in the world. That yeah, you've seen. I'd say so. Your own two eyes. Yeah, I mean, like people hype them up to be already, and then I was like, ah, let me see it for myself, and yeah, 
Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, definitely. Take me on one of those trips. Yeah, I mean, let's go to like, uh, yeah. We gotta Dude, go to like... World Cup 2014 and then the Summer Olympics 2016. I know. I got to go to one of those. One or both. They better be sending you somewhere. Oh, I got I to gotta work it out with the people at, <laughs> yeah. uh, at TSN. Yeah. This is In Studio with Tom Rex. On Twitter, it's at Tom Rex, T-O-M-W-R-E-C-K-S. If you want to check out check out his music on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com uh, slash Thugly, T-H-U-G-L-I. Very talented DJ playing across our country and rocking parties from this coast to that coast, from this equator. No, that didn't make sense. From that pole to that pole. <laughs> Thank you for joining me in studio, man. Thank you for listening to Cabbie Presents, the podcast.